We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to hang out with us here on Empower Radio. Now, how is your relationship with your soul? I think most people would agree there's not a relationship that's more important than this. Years ago, when I was feeling depressed and very confused about my life, my purpose, and what I was supposed to be doing, I finally decided to get quiet to hear the still small voice within. When I asked, what should I do? I heard one word, loud and clear. That word was right. I did not understand. I wasn't a writer and I had no desire to write, but the voice was clear, consistent, and persistent. And so I began to write. Today, I have a published book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out, have contributed to the best-selling book, Change One Belief, and my second book, Manifesting Prosperity from the Inside Out, is coming out very soon. In retrospect, I'm so grateful my life was not working. This is what prompted me to turn inward, listen, and start to cultivate the very important relationship with my soul self. I believe it is because of this that I am currently happy, fulfilled, aligned, prosperous, and on purpose. Part of my purpose, honor, and privilege besides writing is hanging out with you my beautiful friends, and having these incredible conscious conversations with some of the most amazing healers, authors, and uplifters on the planet at this time. Today, we're spending time with a wonderful teacher, Karen Herring. She's the author of Writing to Wake the Soul, Opening the Sacred Conversation Within. Karen's book is a clear and thoughtful guide, not only to help you open up to your soul self, but also to explore the difficult and illuminating questions of our time. In addition to being an author, teacher, and writer, Karen is an ordained Unitarian Universalist minister with her work appearing in many periodicals and anthologies. Karen facilitates classes, retreats, and workshops based on her book and has led hundreds of writing sessions on numerous themes in congregations, community organizations, and workplace settings. Karen serves as a consulting literary minister in St. Paul, Minnesota, and leads a literary ministry called Faithful Words. So, Karen Herring, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. Thank you for having me. It is a delight to be here with you. Oh, it, it is such a delight, especially after reading your book. So beautifully written. I mean, I just want to take my time and just go through this as a, as a kind of a, just a marinating process. It's just eloquent and just, just gorgeous the way you write. Your style's amazing. Well, thank you very much. So I am curious how this book came into being and what made you begin to explore writing as a spiritual practice? You know, I went back to seminary in midlife thinking I was um, just going to steep my writing in theology. I I went into seminary as a writer, and I thought, I just want my writing to, you know, this word that you just used, marinade. I I want it to to be informed by, by theology and some of the deeper meaning of life. 
And in the middle of seminary, I, I realized, oh, this isn't just about steeping my writing and theology. It's about me becoming a minister in a way that's also about writing. So when I graduated from seminary and was ordained, I became a literary minister and went to a congregation where I started leading guided writing sessions for the membership. And I I compare this to the same way that a music minister in a congregation isn't there to do her own singing or his own singing, but there to really bring forward the singing and the music of the members. That's the same way in which my literary ministry works. I, I do my ministry in a way that invites and encourages other people's voices to come to the page in a way that is beautiful and healing and that explores the deeper meaning of life and of faith. I love that because not only do you write so beautifully and in a way that's so thought-provoking, you also encourage people to put pen to paper and open to that sacred conversation themselves, which I know from experience can be so incredibly powerful. Yes, you found that in your own work. And I think for a lot of people who are writers, they know that feeling. But the book is also for people who don't think of themselves as writing because I really fundamentally think that our search for language is a basic human search for expression. You know, who among us doesn't know that feeling of waking up in the middle of the night, reaching for words to describe whatever is going on in our lives, whether it's our loves or our fears, our bewilderments, our wonderments, and all of that within us, and it causes us to just want the language to describe it. And for many people who aren't writers, that can be a frustrating thing. So part of the writing practice described in my book that um, I also do in my ministry is based on finding a way to make it easier to bring our own lives into words on the page. And there are many ways in which this practice does that. But a lot of people who come to my guided writing sessions will say to me, you know, I have never been able to write about my own life, about my own feelings. And here I've been all afternoon writing about all of that. I feel like I'm never going to stop now. (laughs) So it's my hope that the book might be of the same kind of assistance to readers, whether they think of themselves as writers or not, or even whether they even, you know, use it as a writing tool, it can still help you in searching for the language to describe your own life and your own feelings and your own faith. Yeah, because it is about, um, it's not just about being a writer, which can be overwhelming, you know, if somebody doesn't really consider themselves to be. It's about, we all have a relationship with words. And I think most of us desire connection and and want to be able to communicate. And the way you present it, it's so, um, it's so incredible. It's so powerful. It's like you start an exercise and you present it in a way that it's thought provoking and it kind of gets the engine started. I know you had one about um, like home or relationships. You have different words and, and ways of starting the process. And I just felt like, Oh my gosh, I want to start. I want to start writing about this right now. And it's, uh, it's very, um, inviting and enticing and you take a lot of the fear out of the out of the stepping into it from my perspective so yeah i'm so glad to hear that and you know one of the things that you one of the words you just used tammy um about looking for words as a way of connection that's a really important 
um, part about language. And I think it's a really important thing for us to remember in this particular time in the world's history, because so much of our language in our public discourse now, and increasingly in our private discourse too, language becomes a tool for drawing lines in the sand, for separating you from me and us from them, and, and for, for calling attention to the ways in which we are different and need to be separated from one another. But at its origins, at its core, language is really about connection. It's about finding ways for me to share with you what my experience is like and for you to share with me what yours is. And so language is meant to be a bridge, not a barrier. And I'm hoping that the, the writing that comes from this book and also that just the description of language in the book will encourage all of us to remember that language is really meant to build those connections, not to break them down. Yes, I love that. That's so beautifully put. And then you also write about uh, the practice of contemplative correspondence, which, again, I think is about opening our uh, relationship and communication to that something greater, be it um, your heart, your soul, spirit, however you want to put that. And you have a quote here that just gives me goosebumps. So it is in contemplative correspondence with metaphorical thinking, we engage reason and imagination together, not to construct a plot or prove a hypothesis, but to explore what is out of sight, the unknown or unnamed within us and beyond us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want some more of that. <laughs> There's so much sitting there, you know. And, and so often I think today, many of us, I know my life is like this. We live in such a hurry that we're lucky if we can pay attention to what's there right in front of us. And yet, if we stop a little longer, if we pause and reflect on what's there and make room for our attention to expand both inwardly and outwardly, I think we always find that there's more to life than meets the eye. And this is often that area where we find our connection, whether it's to one another or to our own sacred source within and beyond us. Mm. So that's really what this is about. It's about, you know, inviting us each into relationship with that more. <laughs> yes. I like that, that you suggest when people do this to really carve out some time to do this, set those intentions, make this a priority to really cultivate that relationship. And we do, we have to make it a priority because life is busy and if we don't, then it's likely not going to happen. Yeah, I sometimes think life is a little jungular. It grows back on me every time I carve out a little time for something <laughs> like spiritual practice. It just starts growing back over that time. Isn't that true? I know. It's like I say, we have to weed our gardens to make space for what we want. Otherwise, it's going to get overgrown. Absolutely. <laughs> it just happens. Yes. just happens that way. So, um, Karen, I'd like you to tell me a little bit more about the connection between writing and spiritual discovery. What's so powerful about writing? Yeah. You know, um, I think one of the powerful things about writing is first of all, that it does require that we stop and pay attention. Um, it, it can't be done in a hurry. And once we've stopped and paid attention and then 
looked for language to things. We're beginning to give them shape. Language itself is an act of meaning-making, you know? Um, and so when we describe our, what we, our experience or what we see or feel or hear in the world, we begin to shape it in a way that empowers us. It both accesses our deepest wisdom and it invites us to participate in changing the future outcomes of our lives. And so, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is that this writing practice is based on the idea that no story is ever truly finished. It's, it's based on the idea that every sentence that's written has room for something to be written after it. And so each of us, as we participate in writing about our own lives, we are participating in shaping them and in writing the next chapter and deciding which way we want the story to turn out. And that's true on a personal level. And then as we share those stories with one another and as we reclaim our language and our ability to, to describe our own story, we begin participating in building a bigger and more beautiful, more just human story as a whole. Mm-hmm. And there are so many voices that have been left out of the larger public human story, ones that have been glossed over or never recorded. So for each of us to participate in writing is a way of writing our own experience into the larger human story and making sure that that larger human story takes into account each one of us and so that it's a more complete story and so that it's a more responsive story. So Something I love that you're saying, you know, is, is just about taking the responsibility and doing this because so often I feel we don't claim our voices. And if we don't, how is the world going to hear us? So you're giving people a tool to start claiming their own voice. So another thing you say that circles back to what you were saying earlier about not being a writer, but not being um, held back from this process. You say, whether we are writers or not, words can help us reach beyond ourselves to name and claim our greater wholeness. They help us summon our best possibilities, bridging between the world as it is today and the place of justice and peace that we long for it to be. So what you're saying, I think is so beautiful, you know, just encouraging people to take personal responsibility to start writing their own stories, claim their voices, because that's how we're going to change the world. That's how those voices exactly. are going to be heard. And as we begin to write and claim our own voice and write our own story and add it into the larger human story, we're also called to listen to the stories of others, mm-hmm. you know, because each time a new story comes in, we are reminded that it's one of many and we have the responsibility to bring our story in just as we have the responsibility to listen to others and to encourage others, especially those that have been the least heard and listened to. Yeah. It gives a more complete picture. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that's so important to listen and to hear and to speak and to share. To me, that sounds like breathing, giving and receiving graciously, gently, gracefully. I like that. Yeah, it's very much a participatory thing. One of the things that happens in my guided writing sessions that I love to witness, I just feel like it's such a privilege to see when this happens, is that each person... 
person does their own writing on their own page, and it's very personal. Um, but then at various points in the guided writing sessions, I invite people to share anything that they might want to with someone sitting next to them or with a small group if they're sitting at a table with a few others. And inevitably what happens is that people start building new connections with each other, people who had been total strangers. Mm-hmm come onto this sacred ground of story together. And the beauty that happens when people share their stories with each other and connect when they hadn't known each other before is really profound. And I think, you know, once we become more comfortable um, using our own voices, whether it's on the page or off the page, we are able to bring our whole self forward in a way that really invites deeper relationship with everybody we meet, not just the people we know well, but the person who's riding next to you on the bus or that you bump into in the airport or the grocery store. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, what you're speaking of just resonates. It's so true for me. I know the writing was a piece of the puzzle for me, opening more fully to my own heart. And as I've done that, I'm able to connect from my heart with other people and and some can do it in some camp but i don't ever take it personally it's just a matter of i'm in the deep waters and or maybe it's a higher perspective being able to connect with people from that place and gosh it makes life so much more fulfilling and rich and to me prosperous and enjoyable and isn't that what we all want yes exactly yeah yeah so karen you mentioned something um before we got on the radio that I think is so vital to consider and address, and it is the topic of the inner critic. How can your process help people start to maybe quiet that voice or what, I don't know, listen to it so that we can give it space? How, how can we work with that part of ourselves that keeps us limited and afraid and small? You know, thank you for asking that question because I really think a especially in writing. I mean, many of us have a a strong inner critic that might be active in all parts of our lives, but there's a special place for the inner critic whenever we sit down to write something. Most of us have some teacher from our childhood who, usually with the best of intentions, became a very strong, clear voice about styles of grammar and spelling and punctuation and all of these things that for some of us can really intimidate us from bringing our words to the page or to the keyboard and screen. And so one of the things that I always start my writing sessions with and that I've put in the book as well, I encourage people to begin any kind of spiritual writing by actually releasing their inner critic. Find some way of addressing your inner critic and saying, you know, you are of great help to me when I'm preparing a memo for work or a manuscript to submit or something that needs to be polished and finished. But in this particular writing, I encourage people to think about it as if they are just entering a correspondence with their own soul. So think of it as sitting down to write yourself a letter. And the beautiful thing about writing yourself a letter is you get to both send it and receive it. So if you've banished your inner critic, there is nobody else there that's going to tell you whether the spelling is right or wrong. So you get to write however you want to write. And the thing about this is that I really believe the soul is a very, very shy being. It can be easily 
scared away, especially by a critical eye. And so if we release our inner critic and just say, these words are going to come as they do, it's a gift to let them fall on the page as they are. And then we can go back to them later. If we want to use this writing for any other purpose, I always tell people, don't worry about losing your inner critic. I have yet to meet anybody whose inner critic was dismissed and never returned. <laughs> it will come back when you need it. But, but finding ways to release it, send it out the door on some other project, and sit down with your pen and your paper or your keyboard and your screen and let yourself just write from the heart to find out what's there. It can be a really freeing practice to do. Mm, yeah, liberating for sure. Yeah, I, I found it's hard for judgment and love to sit in the same space. And I'll often tell people mm-hmm. just to leave the judgment at the door. You can pick it up on your way out. You know, exactly. don't judge other people's work. Don't judge your work. But um, for this time, let's just try to uh, stay in that space of appreciation and, and love. So I think that's such a powerful little bit of wisdom there, Karen. I, I think that's just exquisite, beautiful. Yeah, and your comment about the judgment and the love. In, in a writing session where we do sometimes share our work with one another, I also tell people, I say, you know, if somebody shares a piece of their work with you, their writing with you, you absolutely need to let go of any critiquing in that moment. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is, and this is true of going back and reading your own words that you've, you've put on the page in this practice, I tell people, remember, these are newborn words. They fall on the page with every bit as much vulnerability and need for support as a newborn baby that someone has just placed lovingly in your arms. It's not our job to critique that infant. It's our job to support it and love it and hold it with admiration and gratitude. And so I ask people to actually look at their words and the words of others in the group with that same spirit of gratitude and support and wonder. And that reminds me of your love and judgment thing. It's really about opening up that loving approach. Yeah, I just, I, I really just enjoy listening to you. I think that's such a, um, a beautiful exercise, you know, because we all know that babies uh, thrive in an environment of love and they die without love or touch. So yeah. to be able to just love our newborn words and allow them to be nurtured with our, our um, patience and um, kindness and allow it to grow. So I think that's just, just, again, such beautiful um, suggestions so people can step into this process. So, Karen, say people are listening and they're like, I really love what this woman's about. How can they connect with you? How can they find you and get your book? Um, they can find information about me and my ministry and my book on my website, and it's at karenherring.com. It's K-A-R-E-N-H-E-R-I-N-G dot com. My last name is just one R. And when you go to the site, you'll find information about the book and about my programs and writing retreats and sessions. But also, I have a couple of writing prompts on there and um, periodically add more to it. So you can get a feel for how the writing prompts work 
Um, and you can find that at karenherring.com. Wonderful. Yeah, and your prompts are so, so thought-provoking, which I guess is the reason you write them, to prompt people. So we only have a couple minutes here left, Karen, and I'd really love to hear from you in a nutshell what your intention is, what you hope people gain or achieve by practicing your method. Ah, yeah. I really hope that this becomes an invitation to people to really pay attention to the beautiful texture of their own lives and to the many meanings that are folded into it. (laughs) You know, this practice is really about paying attention to your own senses, to how you're experienced with sight, hearing, hearing, taste, touch, sound, all of these things, how you bring the world in, and then what meaning do you find in it? And one of the things that I've found when people do this um, writing practice for a while is that they begin looking at the world differently because the world is full of symbolism. And our job is just to figure out what it might mean and what kinds of meanings can make it a story that's more hopeful, more loving, and more full of justice. And so um, our participation in that means that when we go out into an ordinary day and see certain things happening out there, we can participate in what meaning we draw from it. And I'm hopeful that this kind of writing practice will help people to see and find the kinds of metaphors and meaning in their own life that will give them strength and faith and courage to go through the days in a loving way. Exquisite, powerful, beautiful. So, gosh, Karen, this has been so amazing. What a gift you've been. And to my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. I know you got some great value from this as well. If you want to get a hold of me, please come to TammyBPhD.com, T-A-M-M-I-B-P-H-D.com. I want to hear from you. I want to connect with you. And to quote my exquisite guest today, pay attention to the beautiful texture of your own life. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now. 